How's everybody doing? Good. Wonderful, wonderful. Glad to see we got a bunch of young, hungry faces out here in the crowd. We got a bunch of veteran experienced faces also in the crowd. You know, we, we don't use that word old around here, okay? Um, <coughs> before I bring up the uh, praise and worship team for tonight, um, I got a praise report, okay? How many people know who Parker Bird is? Raise your hand. How many people know about Parker's accident? Raise your hand. Well, my mother-in-law is real good friends with his grandma. So I get a phone call, text message at work. It's my mother-in-law. Call me as soon as you can. So I'm freaking. I said, Lord, at mercy, something's happened to the kids. Something's happened to my wife. I'm freaking. So I get where I can call her, and I call her. She said, I just got off the phone with Betty Lou, which is Parker's grandma. Not on... This is my God, y'all, okay? So we all know Parker's accident. We all know what happened. Parker has been cleared by the doctors. Parker has been cleared by the doctors, okay? I don't know a lot, okay? But I know sports. And I know to be effective in the game of baseball, you need two good legs. Parker's going to play Division I baseball next year with his accident. Not only that, but he is going to live by himself. He is going to have a normal life. If that's not our God that we worship tonight, folks, if you don't believe in miracles tonight, folks, ask Parker Bird because he is one. Our God is alive, he is well, and he is still in the miracle working business, folks. There's no need to be quiet. This is a youth conference. Youth is loud. You always go to church and you hear, shh, shh, shh. This is your chance to be loud. So be loud for your God. We, I'm going to give y'all 10 seconds to just praise him. Clap, yell, shout, do whatever you want to do. Let's get it flowing. That's our God, folks. Our God's not dead in a tomb. Our God's alive and well. Parker said the day of his accident, I will play baseball again. He was not leaning on his understanding, but he was leaning on the faith and the power of his God. And God is faithful to those that are faithful to him, folks. Anywhere else in America, Parker's just another statistic, another what could have been. But because he had faith, let me go talk to y'all over here for a little bit. Because he had faith and he believed in his God, his faith never wavered through the physical therapy, through the you'll never do it again, through the just be glad you're alive, his faith never wavered. And because he was faithful, his God said, son, I will be faithful to you. So if you're wondering, Parker's going to be playing for the ECU Pirates. He's not just going to play home games, folks. He's traveling. 
He's playing away games. He's not going to be some team manager. He's playing. He is a Division I athlete on full athletic scholarship. Playing baseball, a sport where you need two good legs. And my God said, no, you don't. You just need to have faith in me, and I'll take care of the rest. Now we got the blood flowing. We feel the spirit a little bit. Y'all feel it? Yeah. yeah, we got the blood flowing a little bit. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to bring up the praise and worship team. While they're coming up, I think we got audio real quick that we're going to play. So y'all go ahead and hit that. All right, everybody, I need y'all to do me a big favor. I need you to reach way down deep, okay, and get your best clap. Okay, you got it? And I want to introduce the McCall PH Praise and Worship Team, folks. social media sites I was watching and it was um, that there was some medical reports that say that raising your hands is actually good for you 
And the medical reports, there were several studies done, and it actually said that, that if you raise your hands above your head for two minutes or more, that it, it's good for you. It lowers the cortisone levels in your body, which if you're a medical person, and I'm not, <laughs> but if you are, yeah, that's your stress. And so the, the studies went on to say that, that if you lift your hands for more than two minutes, that, that the cortisone levels are reduced and it causes you to not be as stressed. And so it recommended that if you were like in going into an important meeting or you were going to an appointment that you were uh, feeling a little stressed about, that all you needed to do was raise your hands for about two minutes and you would begin to calm down. You see, even science knows that our bodies were made for this. That this posture is what God intended. And I know some of you in here, maybe you're not comfortable raising your hands. Maybe you don't raise your hands at your church. Maybe you think it's weird. Maybe you don't want to do it in front of your neighbor. But I'm going to challenge everybody in this building to just raise your hands. And it's not because medical science said so. It's because we're surrendering to Jesus. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Nisi. He's the way. He's the door. He's your Savior. Worship with us tonight.
Oh, your mercy never fails me And all my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God Every breath that I am in 
Oh my. 
Cause we need a fresh wind, the fragrance of heaven. Pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out. A holy anointing, the power of your presence. Pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out. Hallelujah. Nothing can 
I feel like clapping a little more. There we go. There we go. Because I don't know about y'all, but when we start singing about the blood, it just, it, it makes me, it makes me, it makes me a little happy. You know what I'm saying? Because that blood was spilled for me. It was spilled, it was spilled for my man, Gavin. Yep, yep, yep. It was spilled for my man, G Swaggy right there. Let's see, let's see. It was spilled for Sam I Am, Green Eggs and Ham. It was spilled for every one of us in here, folks. And if that's not enough to put joy in your heart, a little pep in your step, I don't know what to do for you. You know, 
Pastor God, we singing about, he's still alive. You know, you know, a lot of people would have you think that he, he was just a man on earth and he's dead. He came, he was a prophet, he's gone. Well, if that's the case, why does every other major religion point to him? If he's just a man, the Quran says that he is the light and he is the word. The book of John says in the beginning, the, the, there was the word and the word was God. So if he's just a man, why is every other major religion on the face of the earth talking about him? We got a secret, folks. We know, we know how to end. We read the book. We got the spark notes. We know Y'all college kids, y'all going to get that spark notes reference in just a little while. We know how it ends. So why keep that joy locked up? Why keep it? Let's just... Woo! Let's just let it out, folks. You know? So my name's Cody. I didn't introduce myself earlier. Um, if you step out the door to the right, the bathrooms, door to the left is the nursery. Um, I'm the youth pastor at McCall PH. Uh, there we go. My man, Frankie, I see you, boy. You're still as handsome as ever, son. So, how's everybody doing? Y'all good? Y'all got your blood flowing? Okay. Well, before I bring the man of God up here, I got a story. Okay? And the story goes like this. Well, it's a two-part story. One, I can't tell you when I met James Earl. I'm not saying that he's not rememberable because he very is. He is. You know, it's just, he's just so friendly and personable that you think you knew him your whole life. And I, we were going home the other day and I told my wife, I said, you know what, baby? I said, I can't replay, like remember the exact time and date that I met James Earl. It's just every time I see him, he comes up to me and he's so caring and genuine. So, I talked to James Earl yesterday. You know what he wants? He wants one of them McCall introductions. See, one of them McCall introductions. I was a huge wrestling fan when I was little, okay? And y'all might have Bruce Buffer for the UFC, but we had his brother. He was the one that started it all. And he would go like this. <laughs> y'all get ready, because when I point the microphone, y'all got to get loud, okay? <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I give to you your main event of the evening, the Pod Bomber himself, Mr. James Somebody, all right, all right, so you guys can be seated. 
Be seated, please. Um, so before I get started tonight, I've absolutely got to do a few things up front. So um, what I want to do first is if I would get all my youth leaders from Northview to stand and wave your hands at me, please. There's a one in the sound booth, two in the sound booth, one here, Elise. So Elise, my wife, Courtney, Cameron Bethay, and Tyler Lockie, will you please give them a hand? They're So, I don't know, some of you guys are visiting tonight. Thank you all for being here. But what I want to explain is, I am, I am not the youth pastor here at Northview. I don't claim to be a youth pastor. I am a youth leader that works on a team. And we, as a team, make everything happen at, at, here at Northview. So, any trip that we go on, it's all, I'm just going to tell you, it's mostly these two girls right here that make it happen. But, <laughs> I'll just they they keep it organized, okay? Uh, but, most of the, sometimes on Wednesday nights, I'm doing the devotion, whatever it is, or I'm helping sing. And a lot of times on Sunday morning, you see me up here. Maybe I'm singing or maybe I'm playing the drums. Um, so this is a little bit uh, something different for me, but I'm very glad. I'm glad that I had the opportunity to come up here tonight to share with you guys because only my regular Wednesday night kids get to hear me, uh, you know, tell my lame jokes and do everything that I do on Wednesday night. So. Uh, this is going to be something fresh and something new, but I also want to thank, uh, thank the pastors of this house. So, Pastors Tim and Kim, um, thank you guys. Pastor Faye, we love you. You guys are in the back holding it down back there. Um, of course, Miss Bleas, um, I know she's not able to be here tonight, but um, I'm sure she's watching it. So, uh, she is, her and Pastor are one of my greatest mentors. I, I can't tell you how blessed I am to be uh, a part of this church now. Pretty much as long as I've been alive, um, I can't. It's it's crazy that um, the amount of stuff that I hear other people go through because of a church that they were involved with that did them wrong or put them down or told them uh, one thing or another th something that you can't do. And anybody who knows me is I'm always trying to like break out of a box. You know, if you try to tell me not to wear the t-shirt on stage, I'm going to wear the t-shirt. You know, like I'm I'm trying to be the guy. And so anyway, so. Thank you, thank you, thank you to my, my fellow youth leaders and pastor. Um, so tonight, I want to talk a little bit from the book of John, uh, chapter 15, if you want to turn there. Um, but before I get into the scripture, I want to kind of set the scene of where the scripture's at. And when we're reading in John 15, Jesus is trying to explain to the disciples something. But what we need to look across the chapters and see like from chapter 13 all the way uh, to chapter 15 in chapter 13 he's predicting his death he's telling his disciples what's going to happen in the future and then when we look past chapter 15 to chapter 19 he's on the cross so from chapters 13 to chapter 19 there's a lot going on there's a lot of craziness happen around craziness happening around the disciples and so it's kind of hard to wrap your head around when Jesus is saying these words, and the disciples are probably like, I'm trying to get my head around what is going on. How in the world uh, are you telling me this right now? And so, uh, chapter 15, uh, starting in verse 5. And there's a couple different translations, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it from the one I have pulled up on my phone here. And um, just to give you a little bit more context and to kind of guide it where we want to go tonight. So, um, John chapter 15, starting in verse 5. I am the vine, and you are the branches. 
Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like branches and withers. The branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By my Father, this is glorified, that you bear much fruit and be so proved to be my disciples. So tonight, what I want to talk about is abiding in Jesus. And so, the word calls us to abide. And so the word abide, it means to accept or act in accordance with. So in other words, we need to be close to Jesus to abide in Jesus. Uh, we need to be able to, you know, in a sense, feel the heartbeat of Jesus if we're going to say we're going to abide with Jesus. So Jesus is calling us to abide in him. And at the same time, we're called to abide in so many other things around us. So just to give a couple examples, I know most of the teenagers and young adults in here, you could say that you're probably called to abide in something. I don't, I don't know what it is. If you open your phone out and let's go to your recent, recent uh, history, and, and I'll tell you what you're abiding in. Let's go to your, uh, your TikTok feed and your Instagram reels and go to your search page, and I'll tell you what's in your feed and what's on your mind. Because everything that you're putting in, everything is trying to abide. There's a lot of things God is calling you to abide. Jesus is calling the disciples in the scriptures right here to abide in him. But everything around you is also calling you to abide. So it's tonight, we're gonna have to, you're going to have to make a choice before you leave this place. And I'm going to give you that chance. But tonight, you wanna, you're going to have to make a choice. So what I want you to see is, um, to another generation, not to your generation, to my generation, um, there was this kind of little bit of an anthem that, that, that we kind of used to say. And how many of you guys ever heard the, you know, the phrase, ride or die? Raise your hand. Come on. Come on. You late 90s, early 2000s in here. You're, that's my ride or die. You know what I'm saying? We, come on. Gotcha. How many, how many of y'all, let's be honest, you, you probably, uh, you were probably bumping that Jay-Z and uh, Beyonce song. What's it? All I need in this world of sin is what? Yeah, I don't want to say it. I know y'all don't want to say it. So, some, of, some of these kids is like, what is he saying? Uh, so what I want you to see is, and to a generation, ride or die meant something. And so what I want you to, you know, what I, what I want to tell you is real quick, I want to tell you this story. So I grew up uh, going to a Christian school. Who goes to Christian school in here? Raise your hand. Okay. So how many of you guys know that if you grow up to Christian school and you lived in Scotland County, there was a chance that you listened to uh, this station called G104? Okay. They played straight Southern gospel, and God knows what. I don't even know. If you listen to that, it's no offense, okay? I love you. Love you, Dad. All right. Um, <laughs> we played the mess out of that station. So I'm going to tell you a story, all right? So one day, Aunt Gloria is picking us up from Scotland Christian Academy, and we're going somewhere, but she says, I need to stop at Harris Teeter real quick. And... And so it would always be me and Erica and Amber, okay, the three stooges or whatever you want to call it, okay? And, and so we were waiting. So back in the 90s and the early 2000s, you could leave your kids in the car and run and get the groceries and come right back out if it was quick, right? Right? Yeah, come on, parents. All right. 
If I left Rosalie in the car and ran in, in, in oh my Lord, it would be the end of my life. <laughs> not not because not I'm worried about somebody, but it was my wife would kill me. Um, all right, so we're sitting there and she's like, all right, I got to run in here, Cedar, and I got to grab something. I'll be right back. So of course, what do 11, 12, 11, 12, 13 year olds, we take that station, where are we going, Foxy 99? <laughs> we looking for Usher. We looking, come on. What are we looking for? We looking for anything. We're looking for, like, I, I don't even, I don't even know another Jay-Z or Beyonce song except that song, you know what I'm saying? That, down a ride to the very end, ride or die. So, that meant something to a generation. And we, and, and even though, like, our grasp on love and our grasp on what it meant to stick it out with somebody was really, 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 Eh, I would say very light. We didn't really have a grasp on what love really was and what, but it sounded good and it had a vibe, right? And so you, you could relate to that. And so what I would say tonight is I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going to pose a question and then we're going to kind of take this thing off the rails for a minute. But I want to ask if you, in, and you're in here tonight and you say, I believe in God, I believe Jesus is the answer. I can honestly say that the culture is going to turn around and look at you in the face and say, there's no way. We're in a world today where Jesus can be another spiritual thing to you, but he can't be the thing to the culture. They can say, oh, everything leads to heaven. All paths lead to God. God can be this. God can be that. So they want a little God. They don't mind uh, you know, a football player standing up, yo, I'm going to give praise and honor and glory to God, you know, when I win the Super Bowl ring or, what, you know, whatever it is. They don't mind that. You know, that little reference, they, they're okay. So I would say that our culture is okay with you having a little God. So I'm going to try to put it into context for you. So if I say God is great and mighty and he's omniscient, he's loving, he's caring, he's patient, and he can do all these things for us. But I look at God kind of like this. This is a motorcycle, right? It is, right? Landon, is this a motorcycle? Yeah, it's like a GSXR, maybe a 600. So the culture wants you to look at God like this. It's okay. You can have it. You can keep it in your pocket. Like, I, I just literally had this thing in my pocket. So, you can keep him in your pocket. You can pull it out and ask it for something, and you can play with it, and you can roll it around. But you can't ever be serious with this, right? Okay. So, what I want to kind of give an example of tonight is the culture is telling you that it's okay for this to be your God. But let's just say, what if I were to actually bring God into my life. You know, we can say that um, probably most of us would say that we believe in God, we love God. But so what if, what if you actually, this was God in your life, right here. So I'm, so I'm rolling a whole motorcycle up in this place right now, okay? Uh, um, is there somebody I need to ask permission to do this? Or? <laughs> I think we had it in the kitchen earlier. Um, I'm just kidding, guys. I'm, I did clear this with Pastor Tim. 
the board, I did not clear it with y'all. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. So, here's the thing. If this is God, and the culture tells me, you know, just this, just the toy, you can like this is a little much, right? But if I'm a believer, or if I'm looking in from the outside and I say, man, that's going to take me somewhere. Man, that thing sounds good. That praise band sounds good. But this right here, here's, here's what I've done in my life, okay? Because everything that I'm teaching up here tonight, I want this to be a lesson because it was a lesson learned for me, okay? I'm not up here trying to wave my finger at people, none of that. Because I'm still learning and growing, and I hope the whole church is, and I hope, and I know that 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 we're in a place that we can grow and thrive together. So the, here's what I want us to see tonight. God, this looks great. This sounds great. This is like this is like almost a brand new motorcycle. I'm hoping I do not mess this up. So, um, but here's the, here's the deal. We want to we want to ride God. We want to ride God to a blessing. We go and we spend all this money and we go to a forward conference. We want to ride God to the conference. We want, uh, we want a word from the holy man of God and we want to ride God to the word. We want to ride God to my blessing. We want to ride God to my finances. We want God to ride us to every other thing. And God's like, I want you to abide and you're just trying to ride. So how many of us tonight can honestly say, there's probably some areas in my life where God's like, you're just sitting here trying to, I'm calling you to abide, abide in me, in me and you. This is a thing that we do together. This motorcycle can take me somewhere. Me and my daughter will get on our four-wheeler and we'll go ride because when you, I'm telling you, we used to love to ride all the time when I was a teenager. Riding, it, it just seems like it makes all the cares of the world just go away, right? And it seems like do, we, we see God as kind of like that sometimes. God, just make it, make it all easy. Make it all go away. But guess what? I can't ride. Me and Rosie can't ride forever. You're eventually, you're going to run out of gas. You're eventually, you're going uh, it's, it's to get dark. You need to go home. You, you got to go to work the next day. You got stuff to do. So you can't ride forever. So what I want you to see tonight is this is great. And we serve a God that is full of blessings and is full of love and he's ready to pour it out on us. And I'm not saying that God is not full of blessings and love. Here's, here's what I'm saying tonight. We need to stop treating God like a blessing-making machine. We need to realize that God is, God is calling us to abide in him. That means that if I'm abiding in someone, that means that when they're doing the wrong thing, hey, I can call you out on your stuff. That means that when you uh, posted that selfie and it was a little much, that you might need to go in. Let's let's make a correction on the post. All right. So that means that if I'm saying it on Sunday and nobody hears it on Monday, then mm, you know, if I'm nice in the pews and I'm hell on earth, you know what? I mean, what? Okay. So that's kind of where I'm trying to take this thing tonight. So. I think that there's a generation like my generation where 
I can honestly say that what I was trying to do was ride on the blessing of my parents or my grandparents. For the longest time, because I went to a Pentecostal church and, you know, we believed it and we lived it by the book and you did the right thing at the right time. But that wasn't my salvation. That was somebody else's salvation. I was trying to dress up and make it look cool or something like that. that that's, not, that's not what God means when he means work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That, that is something that you and God work out, not something that we're looking to the world to get an example of how I can look and how I can dress and still get away with being called a Christian or something like that. That's not what we're looking to do. We're actually looking for a relationship. We're looking to abide in Christ and him and us. So that's kind of the thing that I wanted to kind of bring to you tonight. But like I said, we can ride, but that, that's, that's temporary. So the challenge is to stop trying to ride and start trying to abide. So I guess the next part of this is going to be going into something a little different. Because there are some of you in here tonight with a number like this, there's going to be some of you guys in here, I guarantee it. That you're saying, all right, James, Earl, whatever my name is, JP, whatever. I get called so many different things, I don't know. All right, JP, this, this is all cool and all. But how, I don't even know not to be trying to ride God to my next blessing when I'm bound. I can't abide because I've come in here and I'm bound. And so I want to kind of break this down to where you can see that um, you can get a little bit of a visual of what I'm trying to say tonight. So um, a Christian philosopher named G.K. Chesterton, he lived from 1874 to 1936. And he said a lot of things. I just got finished with one of his books called Orthodoxy. And he said a lot of things a hundred years ago that are coming true of this generation right here. I mean, it, it, it's, it's kind of wild to think about it. When we think about people that were really uh, going after the spirit of God or we think about people, you know, in Bible times or we think about people um, going from the gospels forward and things like this. But this guy was, he was saying things that a lot of this generation is going through right now. But what he said was, that kind of that kind of just caught me, and I, I just wanted to say this tonight because maybe I feel like it doesn't get heard enough. But he says that a person lies still to be cured of something, right? So if you're going in for surgery, how many guys have had surgery here lately? The Kaylee, didn't you just have? Didn't you just have? Uh, so you need to go and lie very still. If you take a child to the dentist, most of the time they're going to do what? They're going to put them out because they don't want you moving up there where they're trying to do what they need to do in your mouth, right? So a lot of us, when, when we go into a surgery or we're, we're getting treatment or things like that, and there have been a lot of people that have been through tons of stuff like that, he said that a lot, a lot of things are just like that. He said, when a man lies down to be cured from an illness or an immunity, surgery, cancer, treatment, etc., they need to lie very still. But when a person is called to be saved, when a person answers the call to salvation, when a person decides, hey, I want to be a part of this, a part of this Jesus movement, a part of what God is doing in the earth today, that's going to cause 
a reaction, right? You don't just pray a prayer and walk up here and then turn around and walk right back to your seat and say something happened. Because when something happens in your spirit, something happens in your body. There's, there's, a, there's almost like a one-to-one -one correlation there. Uh, when John the Baptist was in his mother's womb and he knew that he was in the presence of Jesus, what did he do? In his mother's womb. The Bible said that John the Baptist was filled with the Spirit already in his mother's womb. And that can go on to another thing where basically we've got the new covenant. We've been filled with the Holy Spirit and we walk with that and we live with that every day. But I think a lot of us maybe sometimes try to go back to the old way of how the Holy Spirit would used to work, right? The, the Holy Spirit used to come upon people. It, it didn't dwell inside them. It used to come upon them. And then they would do whatever mighty deed or work or speak a word or whatever it was that the God had. So I found myself at times not wanting to actually let the Holy Spirit live and dwell inside me. I found myself wanting to have the Old Testament Holy Spirit where it's like, God, just come upon me so that I can sing this song and make it sound good. Or just come upon me so I can teach a lesson on Wednesday night and hopefully all the kids laugh and they like it and they get along. And maybe it helps them with some depression or anxiety that they're going through. We try to, we want God to, we want God to speak into us so we can give something and it makes us look good. But when, when the Holy Spirit starts turning and starts saying, let's make some correction or let's, let's, I, I think you're getting a little bit off course here. Let's, let's try to step back in line. Then we don't like that. We want Jesus to tell us about how we can be blessed, but we don't want him to speak into our sexuality. The culture has blocked God from speaking into your sexuality. You know, so we want Jesus to speak about how we can be blessed and highly favored of God. But we don't want God to tell us how uh, maybe the way you speak doesn't really help you carry yourself like a Christian. Or maybe the way that you portray yourself, you know, is not the, the way that God says that we are to do that. And so we want God to speak into some of our life and give us some words and some things, but some of our life we want to keep to ourselves and control ourselves. And so I would say that that's one of the biggest challenges that, that we're facing is like when we're called to abide, that means that no matter what, that means that no matter what, that, that we have to stay right before Jesus. We have to stay close to God. Because when we get far further and further away from him, it's just, you, it all becomes noise, right? The further and further you get away from God, you can sing a song 90 times and repeat that bridge until it hits. If Jesus ain't in it, I, it doesn't matter. I've done it. Yep. So if you're in here tonight and you're saying, you know, I'm still bound. I, I, I like the illustration. I don't, I understand that you, you know, we need to abide in God, but I'm still bound. And what I want you to see is that there is a way out. There's, there's, there's a God that loves you. But when we're called to change, there's a way that we can tell if there's really change. There's a way to tell that if somebody is walking in a progressive uh, way to Jesus and growing closer and closer to Jesus. And so we repent in the light, but a lot of times as a generation, we walk in darkness. We go to Forward Conference and we go to Accelerant and we're on fire. 
We're in the light. We're amongst each other. I've had multiple people come up to me, multiple youth come up to me and say, man, Forward Conference, Accelerate, it was awesome. The music was crazy. You know, the concert was wild. We did all the things, and everything's so hype, and everybody's pouring their heart out to God, and you can't even, it's, all, you, it, it's such an atmosphere that you can't, you don't even know if you can stand up anymore. And so we get there, and that's all in the light. But I, this is no joke. We will get back from a conference, and within two days, I've got kids messaging me. I can't get over this. I'm depressed. I can't stop, I can't stop watching this. I can't stop looking at this on my phone. I can't get it out. Because what we do is we come to church and we come to a conference full of light and full of love and full of everybody around us cheering us on. And then we go back and we walk the rest of the week in darkness. And it's a challenge. It is really a challenge, guys. I'm telling you, I've been through, I've been through so many things in my life that I could have simply avoided if I would have kept it in the light. Come on. I want to sit there and try to make my life something that people look at and are proud of, but when I'm in the darkness, I, I'm doing all these other things, and, I've, and I'm coming to realize, and as I grow in Christ, and as I see that I'm called to abide in Him, it's more about abiding in Christ, and Christ forming you to, into, you, into who He knows you need to be, and not so much worried about looking a, per, looking a certain way in front of certain people. And so... If we're called free, if we're called to be set free, and we're called to abide, we can do a few things. We can abide, we can hide, or we can run. I I see a lot of teens just in my youth group that they try to do the latter of the two. We're, we're all good. We're all ready to abide when, um, you know, when, when, when a certain artist comes to town or we're, we're ready to abide when we get vulnerable every once in a while in youth group and we, have a, we open it up and let them, you know, we all talk and we all share our feelings and all these things. But most of the time, I see youth hiding and I see youth running. I see them running. I, they're, they're running from whatever's going on at home they're running from whatever's going on at school. They're having problems at school. They don't know what to do. People are getting bullied. People are getting, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. The things that these kids are going through in school, I'm just telling you, we never, ever, 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 I never thought of any of that stuff. I mean, and we pretty much got along with anybody and everybody, but it was the things that you guys are facing. Like when I was in high school, you had a flip phone. Yeah, I'm, I'm 31. We had a flip phone. Okay, so you ain't sending no, you ain't sending them selfies, you ain't sending them news, all this stuff to your boyfriends and girlfriends. You couldn't even see them. Them pictures were so blurry. If you was trying to, you couldn't even, you couldn't even almost act and see them because they text back, what is it? What? So you guys today are inundated with all these things. You've got I'm telling you, you've got all your group chats, your DMs, your social media, your, all your accounts, and then you've got a couple youth leaders over here, and then you've got a, a pastor once a week that is telling you, hey, abide, abide, abide. But then you step out of this place, and man, it's just, 
It's just right back in your face. It, it seems like you can't escape it. But what I want you to see tonight is I can't emphasize it enough that if we can abide in Christ and him in us, it says he wants to bless us. It says ask anything. But this is the way that you'll show that you are mine and I am yours. And so what I want to kind of use this example of tonight is, is this stick right here. How many of you guys used to get beat with a stick? <laughs> right? <laughs> How many of you guys ain't never been beat with a stick? Raise your hand. We're progressing. Amen. Uh, are, we, are we going back? Y'all figure it out. So this is no joke. I used to be, I used to kind of be a little bad little child, right? And the school that I used to go to is only about a hop, skip, and a jump from where my father worked and where I currently work. This is no joke. I would be acting up sometimes. So I remember one time I was acting up so bad, I don't know what I was doing. I was acting up so bad, my dad came up to the school pulled me out of the classroom, grabbed me by the hand, took his belt off, whipped my tail right in front of the hallway where all, I mean, it just wore me out. And then I got sent right back into class and had to sit down in front of all my friends. That was great. But, yeah, so, get, hey, I learned something. I don't think he ever came back up there and did it again, so I, at least I didn't go that far again, right? So, but here's, here's what I want you to see. How many of you guys would say that this stick is pretty crooked? So, let's just say this is my life. God calls us to live a certain way. Sometimes situations happen in your life that you can't help, that you're, that, that's out of your control. When you're young, when you're vulnerable, when you're in a place um, in your life that, that you, you, just, you just can't control these things. But let's just say every single bend and every single crook in this stick is an event that was meant to damage me or harm me in some way. So this, this is my life. So from a young age, there's a lot of trouble. Things break. People leave, right? People walk out. I get a little older, I come to see a lot of my friends doing a lot of the same things, and I get influenced. And I start, my eyes start seeing things that I shouldn't be seeing at a young age. Nobody else knows. Saw it in front of some friends. So what? Bends a little bit. I get older, I get into relationships. What I think is love, I get bent. I get a little older. I start to realize that falling in love and getting married and having a family is a lot more than just saying I do, right? So then you get cars and you get houses and you get bills and you get all the things and then to have a child, right? But I would honestly say that me and my child get along really, really good. Like, it's almost, almost too good. It's like almost like having another friend, right? And so, 
um, she doesn't she doesn't like it when I get on to her. Like, if, like when she knows I'm about to I'm about to discipline, she, but she just starts crying immediately, right? And so, all these things, 31 years. I'm only 31. But what I want you to see tonight is God can use a crooked stick to draw a straight line. It doesn't, it doesn't take, it doesn't take a perfect person. And honestly, I've, I've sat in rooms with kids and teens and people my age and in high school, I've sat in rooms with all kinds of people and talk to them and they tell me about the things they've been through in their life this right here is nothing compared to what I've seen kids and teens and adults and people that are even older in their life things that they've been through this right here is nothing I couldn't even deform something to that form the amount of things that people have been through and the hell that people have had to walk through and the amount of hurt and trauma and pain and all these things that people have had to walk through in their life and they're still young they're not even that old and so I'm like God Please, 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 please. I know I've gotten off track. I know I've stepped out of bounds because God is never the person that causes your life to go out. It's always the choices that we make or the environment that we're in. Sometimes, like I said, we're out of control of that. I get it. But we always have the choice. We always have the choice to choose Christ, and Christ will never lead you astray. Okay, so I want, I want you to just kind of understand tonight that if you're saying, man, like, I was really hoping that God was going to give me a new motorcycle. Tonight is your lucky night. I have the keys right here. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right, so what I'm going to do is ask the proud owner of this motorcycle if he would please r roll this back out of here. Um, I don't know how you're getting out of here. So... Um, you do the back step. So, as he rolls this out of here, I want you to think, are we actually trying to abide in Christ or are we just trying to ride? Like, riding is fun. Riding is pretty much effortless. He hits a couple buttons and kicks the foot and whacks that throttle, that thing is gone. I mean, it doesn't need much effort on his end, right? But what, what we can say is that if we're in a real relationship with God, that if we're really called to walk hand in hand, heart to heart with Christ, that it's going to take something more than that. God is so much more than that. God is more than this. God is more than what the culture tells you God should be. He's got to be. Just like Cody was saying earlier, it all points to Christ. They can say what they want. They can make all their dogmas and all these things, but it all points to Christ. So if you're, if you're in here tonight and you say, man, I like the illustration. The worship was great. But I want to figure out how to abide. I want to figure out how to actually wake up every day and have a smile on my face. 
Man, so many young people I see coming in and out of that youth church on Wednesday nights. They're going through so much. They don't even know, they don't even know what to do. How in the world can they abide when they're so bound? I mean, it's, it is a job to try, to try to relate to young people and to try to, you know, get them on that level with you where they trust you, but also break it down where they can really see. Like, I'm actually called to something greater than just this phone. Or I'm, I'm called to something greater than just what my body has to offer, right? So I'm called to something more than that. So tonight, and Mandy, if, if I could come get you guys to come back up here. As I start to wrap this up, I just kind of want to set it up like this and just say, there's pretty much three paths that we can walk down tonight. We can say that, man, I want to be saved. I want to be set free from whatever I'm going through. I don't know what you stepped in here with tonight. I don't know. And it might be nobody, and we're just going to pray, and we're just going to leave. I don't know. But I want to be saved and set free. And I want to start learning to abide. Or you can say... Maybe I'll try again tomorrow. I got, I got four days of this, right? You know, I heard the words of John, and I really like it, and I, and I want to be blessed by God, and I, and I want him to know me, and I want to know him. But it's just a little much. I got too many other things on my plate, right? We can choose that path. You can easily just be done with it. Maybe say another time. And just be touched. But you can also leave for tonight exactly the same. I've, man, I can't, I can't even tell you how many youth conferences I've been to. I've been to tons of youth conferences, youth revivals, youth dinners, spaghetti plate sales, cookie bakes, car washes. You could make a stamp out of me of, of a youth group kid, right? And I'm help here tonight. What about it? So, what I want you to see is that you can make the choice. You can be saved and be set free. You can learn to abide and get closer and closer to Christ. And just say, God, I, I want more than just a ride. I want more than just a blessing. I want more than just whatever it is that you have to offer. Whatever it is, I want more than just a boyfriend that I keep praying for or a girlfriend or whatever it is. I want more, 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 more than that. It's not enough. The blessings are not the point. The relationship with Christ is the point. If we can't get past that, if we cannot grasp that tonight, then we miss the whole thing. The relationship has to come first, and then the blessings will follow. He will pour out the blessings on you because you are his child. We need to understand that. Teens, young adults, I'm telling you, I spent so much of my life trying to get blessed and be blessed and be around people and understand that. No, I was missing the whole point. I was missing Jesus. If Jesus is only good for what he can give you, then what are you going to do when times get tough? Because Jesus not only calls us to get salvation and get understanding and get wisdom and get knowledge, but all that is for this thing called life. If we get all these things, 
will understand it's because I have to actually walk through life. It's because I have to actually go to school and go through the things that I have to struggle with. It's because my friends, some of my friends around me are okay, but some of my friends are probably going to be tempting me to do all kinds of craziness. And that is what your salvation is for. It's going to say, I'm going to say no to this, and I'm going to say yes, I'm going to abide. And so tonight, the choice is up to you guys. So what we're going to do is we're going to sing a little bit, but I want to open the altar up. So all my leaders, elders, pastors, youth pastors, youth leaders in here, if you guys can be ready, um, we're going to sing a little bit. And if you're in here tonight, you're saying, that's me. I need to get saved. That's me. I stepped off. Like, that's me. If I handed you my phone right now, it's a mess. I mean, just just with that, I bet we could have a phone burning tonight. We could be burning phones all night with some of the stuff that's on these phones in this place. I'm just telling you. I, I don't even have to look at your phone. I'm just telling you. If you're saying, I've been looking at some stuff that I shouldn't be, I've been talking to some people in the wrong way. I've been looking for information and advice on 10 little second clips of TikTok and then basic theology or understanding around something that I have no knowledge about. You got it wrong. People telling you what your sexuality is. People telling you who you are and who you aren't. Or you can be anything. You can be everything. No. This is the answer, okay? So we make the choice. So I'm gonna open this thing up. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell everybody to close their eyes. And da, 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 da. Nah. Three pass. Be safe, set free. If you're already saved and you say I want to abide, this is a good place to start right here. This is a good place to start. Or you can go down the third road and you can say, it ain't for me. Somebody drug me here. I didn't feel like coming. What you said was cool, but it just, it's not for me. So that is your choice. A lot of the times we try to push people into making a choice and then they end up making a choice that's not their own. I want you to know that there are other options. And if you haven't been trying Jesus, how's that working out for you? You know, but so if you want to be safe, set free, if you want to abide, or if you just want to leave the same, it's up to you. So we're going to sing and it's on you. God's going to meet you here. Somebody will meet you here and pray for you. I promise you. But these altars are open. So if you say you want prayer, come down here. I'm here. If you say you want anything, if you want to talk, whatever it is, come. The altars are open, guys. Let's meet God. Let's meet God here tonight.
struggling with suicide, I'm struggling with anxiety, I'm struggling with depression, I'm struggling with my identity as a, as a person, who am I in Christ? I love Jesus, I know Jesus, but I'm struggling. I'm struggling with things at home, whatever it is. So, we got people that are ready to pray, but I just want to open this altar up. If that's you in here tonight, if you're saying, man, I love Jesus, but I, I, just, I just need some prayer, I just need some guidance, I just need somebody to love me and Show me the love of Jesus. Guys, we're here for that. So. Jesus from the mountain, Jesus in the street. 
Guys, let's sing this out before we leave for tonight. One more time. Let's shout it out. Shout Jesus. Shout Jesus from the mountains. Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family. I speak the holy name. Jesus. Your name. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. Burn like a fire. Sing one more time. Your name. tonight just remember it's it's easy to ride it's easy to ride got it abiding is a lifelong thing all right you just got to settle in and get ready because it's it's a life journey so thank you guys hey tomorrow be back friday be back hey it's gonna be crazy all right zach barnes tomorrow i'm telling you Thank you, guys. Brother Mike, you're going to close us out. Thank you, guys. One more time, guys. Let's give McCall PH a hand tonight for the worship. Let's give JP, James Earl, whatever you call him, let's give him a hand for the word tonight. Amen. Amen. And one last thing, let's give the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords a praise. Oh, come on. You can do better than that, guys. He's due all praise tonight, guys. Amen. I want us to do something right quick. Let's stretch our hand right here towards Michael right here as he's praying. And I want you to pray right now in your own way. Begin to pray for Michael, God, as he, as he is laying here and, 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 and kneeling before the Lord, that God would meet every need. Can we do that? Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray, God, for Michael in this moment, God. God, we declare right now, God, that you are 
having him right now in this moment abiding in you, oh Lord. God, we declare right now, God, that you are making everything new in this moment. God, there is no situation that is too hard for you, God. There is nothing that you cannot do. When we begin to call upon your name, God, everything has to cease. Everything has to stop. Everything has to go because there is power in your name. And God, we declare right now that he is the righteousness of God. God, we declare that he is a new creature. And the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things are passed away because all things become new. God, you formed him in his mother's womb. God, you know the very hairs on the top of his head, oh God. You know every detail. You know everything about his life and where he is right now, God. And God, we declare that you, he is abiding in you right now in this moment. God, you are making all things new in your name, God. In your name, God, do what only you can do. Guys, we can have situations in our life. We can go through the motions like JP said. We can go through things. But there are only certain things in our life that God can do. There's, we can't do it in our own ability, in our own strength. There are some things that only God can do. And the quicker that we learn that in our life, the better off we will be. Realize that you can't do life on your own ability and your own strength. That everything you do in this life is not by you, but it always points back to him. Always points back to him. Song. You got a lion in 
Just the voices. So uh,
Father, we thank you tonight, God. God, we thank you for the blood that was shed. God, we thank you because of that blood being shed. God, we now have access to you. God, we now can abide in you and you in us, God. We don't have to go through the motions, God. We don't have to just live just to be living, God, but we can live a life that is pleasing to you, God. Living a life that is walking foot hand in hand and foot in foot with you, God. Connected. We're not separated any longer, God, but we are connected and we are now abiding in you. God, we thank you for what you have done already tonight, God. We thank you for what you will do the rest of this week, God. We don't want anything else but for you to get the glory, God. Nothing else. That's what we want, God. You to be glorified. You to be lifted up. And for you to change lives forever. Change lives forever, God. With one touch of your spirit. We thank you tonight, God. That because of what you've done on the cross, there is now a lion living on the inside of us. And the world will tell us that we we are nothing. That They'll tell us that who we are by the number of people who likes our photo, God. But that is not who we are. God, but we have a lion on the inside of us. That when we release and we begin to open our mouth and declare your word, God, their power. And things begin to shift in our life. God, I pray that that lion begin to rise up in these young people even more. Even more. Don't let their voice be silenced by the enemy, God, but let that lion roar more and more. God, we thank you today. The world will try to tell us and try to speak things into our life, but let that voice be silenced. And God, let the lion on the inside begin to roar. God, we thank you today for what you've done and what you're going to continue to do. And everybody said... Amen. High five your neighbor. Say, neighbor, you better be back tonight or tomorrow. You're already here tonight. You better be back tomorrow. All right, guys. Before we leave, remember Zach Barnes will be here tomorrow night. Hold on, guys, before we leave. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to let you go. Hold on. One more second. One more second. All right, guys, everybody listening? Everybody up? Everybody listening right quick? All right. You're not listening. You're not listening. Take your neighbor to hush. All right, pay attention. All right. So we're outside in the foyer, guys, on the uh, welcome desk out here, you'll see some cards like this. And you will also see a bag that has Northview Harvest Ministries on the front. Saturday, everybody say Saturday. We are going to have a panel of some, of some of our youth leaders and youth pastors and, and senior pastors from the area. My friend Chris Hunter from New Hope. Give a shout out to him. New Hope is in the house. Miss Elise Bethay right here in the front. Oh, come on. Man. Pastor Tim Hodge back there in the back on the MC back there. Pastor Jason Watson from Cross Point Church right across from the high school. He will be on there. My man Cody Hunt will be on the board. And also Jacob Young. Let's give a shout out to Jacob right quick. DJ Bird. DJ Bird also. Let's give a shout out to DJ Bird. All right. So that is our panel for Saturday. And what, what I tell you about all these cards and all that, fill this out with a question that you might have that you might be too ashamed to answer. Ask, okay? There is no dumb questions. 
Please don't ask me what my favorite pizza is. That is a dumb question. I'll take that back. There is some dumb, okay? But listen, be serious, guys. Take this seriously because I want you to understand that if you're facing something, you might not be the only one. I guarantee you, you're not the only one that's fighting that struggle, okay? Be sincere with these questions. Take the questions, write them down, put them in the bag so nobody can see them. If you want to fold them, that's okay, all right? Can you do that for me? Your favorite pizza is meat lovers. Yes, amen. <laughs> and the church said, yes, Lord. All right, you are dismissed, and you go. See you tomorrow night, guys.